welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Nice to see you. Hope you're not too hot today. It's pretty warm in here, isn't it? Um, for those of you who weren't here last week or for those of you who are new um, to, uh, to coming to church today, we, um, we started a new series last week using Proverbs, which is a book from um, the Old Testament in the Bible. And um, if, you, if, you, if you haven't managed to catch up yet, I'd really encourage you to go to the website and to listen to the talk that Becky did last week, because it was a great introduction to Proverbs. And it really helped to kind of think through um, what Proverbs is and how it was made and how we can read it. So I'd really encourage that. I think it will help you as we move through the series as well and we go through different topics. So in a nutshell, if you've never heard of Proverbs and you don't know what it is, it's a book all about developing wisdom for living well in God's world. I'd still encourage you to listen to Becky's talk, but that's it in a nutshell. And today we're going to be thinking about how we can develop wisdom in our work. Um, now, I know that when we t- use the term work, that's going to mean loads of different things to everyone here. So we're just going to stop for one minute and think about what that is. When I talk about work this morning, I want us to think about something that you give your time to, your energy, your skills. Um, maybe it's something um, to work for something, to develop something, to grow something or to achieve something. So I'd love us just to stop for a minute and think about what work means for you. Now, uh, on your benches or around you, there's some sheets that might be quite helpful. This is my little geek coming out in me here. I love a sheet to be able to write stuff down. (laughs) uh, But I thought it'd be really helpful this morning that in the box about work, if you could have a think about what work means for you and write it down in that box, it could mean paid employment. It could be voluntary work. It could be caring for someone or for something. It could be serving at church. You could be studying at the moment, or maybe you've just thankfully finished a year of study and you're going to go into a summer job, or maybe you're kicking off again in September and you want to think about studying in September. Um, And I really recognise that for some of us, we will not be in the place for work that we would like to be. I know that this will be really hard for some of us because um, we'd we'd love for it to be something different really encourage you this morning to think about what that is for you and to write what you want to focus on today in that box. If I'm honest, I would like to be honest, when I was asked to talk about work this morning, my heart sank a little bit. And for a moment, I considered responding and saying, "Uh, can I swap with someone? I can't do that week, which was a total lie. It's not very good. (laughs) Because for me, I've really struggled with being wise in work. Throughout my whole working life, I've really struggled to get the boundaries right. I've struggled with being overwhelmed. I move into a space and I've become overwhelmed with stuff. I've crashed and burned so many times in my working life. And then when I became a mum, it became even harder still because um, I don't have full-time paid employment now. I work part-time and I care for my children. And I've found it really hard. So if I'm really honest, I found it really hard um, to to, to step into this. And I would really like to encourage those of you today, for when I said we're going to talk about work and you thought, oh, this isn't for me, or no thank you, or I'd rather not think about this. I'm just going to work out what I'm going to do this afternoon and my shopping. If if that is you, I would really encourage you to think about it today. Because for me, God has done some brilliant things in me. I've read about it and prayed about it it and explored this idea of being wise in work. God's really spoken to me and I think that's why God used me to to share this talk today because I think it could be really helpful for some people here who your initial reaction would be, 
No, thank you. I'd really encourage you not to check out um, today. There was absolutely loads um, in this passage about work, and I had pages and pages and pages of notes and reading. Um, but I, I've only got only got 20 minutes, so I'm going to keep it brief. I've got three things to share with you today. Just three things. And we're going to touch on them briefly. I've got um, being diligent in our work. We're going to think about that. We're going to be thinking about being disciplined in our work. And we're going to think about, I'm very sorry, couldn't think of another D word. It would have been great, wouldn't it? I'm not that fancy. The third thing we're going to think about is being in relationship in God in our work. If you can think of a D word, let me know later. If I ever do this talk again, I can look fancy then. <laughs> so Proverbs is, is really practical. It gives us these great values to think about how we can apply them to our lives. And we're going to do that today. So we've got this sheet. We're going to pause at different points in the talk this morning for you to really think, what does this value mean for that thing you've written in your box? What does this value mean for you in your specific situation today? And how can you be wiser in your work? And my prayer is that we will all go away wiser in how we approach our work, whatever that means. So I'm going to use that term work all the way through the talk but it means that thing that you've written in your box don't be distracted it's for you it's for that little thing so let's pray before we start father god i pray for every single person here today i pray that you will help us to open our hearts and our minds up to you for those of us who um, find it uncomfortable to talk or think about this will you will you help us just to be open to what you want to say to us holy spirit will you speak to us will you grow us in us wisdom in this and will you help us go away from this place today just a little bit wiser about our work and about how we can approach it. Amen. So we're going to read um, from Proverbs 31, and we're going to go verses 13 to 30. And it'll come up on the screen if you want to follow it. She selects wool. It's about the wife of noble character, by the way. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up whilst it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. What a great way of saying she's not lazy. Does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also he praises her many women do noble things but you surpass them all charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised god does it make you tired just hearing all that I much prefer those bits in the Bible where someone's constantly getting it wrong and God's going, oh, well done. I'm still going to use you because that's where I feel more comfortable. You're reading that, you think, oh. Um, but there's a few things I want you to know about this. Okay, the first thing is this isn't actually a person. It's not a real life person it's talking about. It's a poem. It's actually a really clever poem. Um, and it brings together all the elements of wisdom that we've looked at all through Proverbs into this one final poem. 
The second thing is, I am almost 100% sure not one person could do all of that in real life. I'm sure of it. Um, it's not about taking it and doing that. It's not about making sure your lamp doesn't go off at night. It's not about getting up early and pushing. It's not about doing all of that. It's not about taking it as it says. The idea of this is to show us the full character of wisdom. It's to show us values that we can take and we can use in our work. A full-scale wisdom for us to learn from and lean into, and that's what we're going to do today. So the first thing I'd like us to consider that comes up through, um, I think comes up through this passage, is diligence. So diligence, um, sometimes we think, oh, that's just working hard, isn't it? No, it's not just working hard. It's being conscientious. It's an approach to work, a rounded approach to work. It's being conscientious, attentive, meticulous, persistent. And throughout the whole of this passage, we can see this valiant woman being diligent in her approach to work. She's persistent. She's constantly striving to better what she's doing. And there's some verses on the screen to show you these spaces where she's constantly striving to do better, where she's really diligent. This is sometimes something we can find really hard to do for lots of reasons. I've found it really hard in my own life. And it's not just because we're lazy. It might not even be because we're lazy at all. Sometimes I've not been diligent in my approach to work because I've thought, oh, what I'm doing now is just for now. It's just a little stopgap thing. Actually, my real work is this, or the real job that I want to do is this, or the real place I want to be is here. So for now, I'm just going to do what I need to do because it's just a for now thing. Maybe you're in that, it's just a for now thing, and you think, I don't need to be diligent in my approach to this. Maybe you want to save yourself for when the real thing comes. Sometimes I've not been diligent because I've lacked confidence in myself. I don't know if you've been like that sometimes. Maybe I'm worried about making mistakes or the pressure of if I'm diligent and if I'm given a little bit more from that, that means I've got to step up. And that's quite a, quite a big pressure to have sometimes, isn't it? There are loads of reasons why we might not be diligent in our approach to work. And when I sat down and started writing them all out and thinking about them all, I realised that they are all about me. They're all about what I feel, what I want. And I want you to just notice here that in this passage, this diligent woman who's diligent about her work, because she's diligent, it has this incredible impact on the people around her. It impacts the whole community. It talks about her household, but that's not just her husband and her children. That's about all the people that are connected to her, all the people that are working for her household. It affects everyone. When we're diligent in our work, whatever that work is, wherever we are, when we're diligent in approaching it, it doesn't just mean it's great for us. We can start to really amazingly positively impact all the people around us. For you, if you're in a I'm just here for now space, or this isn't my real workspace, think about being diligent in that space and how it could amazingly impact people around you. We were made for more. It says that in the Bible in loads of places we talk about how we were made for more. And being diligent allows us to move into more. Being diligent allows us to move towards our potential. And if that makes you a bit worried, I don't want to do more. I've got more already. I've got enough. That's not about you doing more. The Bible tells us that God does more through us. If we approach our work with diligence, God does more. Ephesians 3, God will do immeasurably more. God does more than anything you could ask or imagine. And we see throughout Jesus' life, he pushes into more. And God does more through Jesus. 
So being wise intelligence and being wise and diligent is linked to discipline. We're going to think about that in a minute. So don't worry that I'm telling you to go, 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 because we're going to look at being disciplined in a minute. We're just going to pause for like 30 seconds. And I just, if you want, you can use your sheets if you want to, if you're a bit like me and you like to write things down. And there's some questions on there. There's some questions on the screen. What ways might you need to be more diligent in your approach to your work? Conscientious or attentive or persistent? You have 30 seconds for you to just think about that before we move on to our next thing. So the second thing that we're going to think about is being disciplined in our work. I read this from a book that Bill Hybels wrote. It says, if we dream of fulfilling our highest potential in our education and our work, we need discipline. If we dream of being a spouse, a parent or a friend who breathes life into other people, we need discipline. If we dream of honouring God in our finances and serving others with our money, we need discipline. If we dream of using our potential, our spiritual gifts in a, in a meaningful way, we need discipline. If we dream of maintaining our physical health through our diet and exercise, we need discipline. So discipline is, when you think of discipline, you might think about how you discipline a child, you put them in time out and you punish them. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not the kind of discipline. We're thinking about the kind of discipline where you're training and developing that includes self-control. Bill Hybels in his book, he talks about discipline is knowing your goal, working towards it in a steady and clear way, being diligent and persistent, and making good choices when you're tempted to stray away from it. So I think there are two main ways maybe that we can think about this this morning, two main ways that we need discipline. We need discipline to persist, don't we? When you get distracted, you're tempted to stray or to stop in those tiny little moments in your work when you're tempted to stray or to stop or in the big times, we need the discipline to persist. And then there's total opposite side of the scale. There's the discipline to stop and to slow down. So my dad has run the London Marathon. I think there's a picture of my dad coming up. There he is. <laughs> my dad's run the London Marathon. He, he first did it when I was a teenager. And I learned a lot about what it is to train for a marathon because it takes over your life if you've never done it. Has anyone run the marathon, run a marathon here? Oh, some bit people in the room. Yeah, three of you. So I thought when you're training for a marathon, you just go out, you'd, the first day of training, you'd, you'd just go for it. You'd run as fast and as far as you can, see how far you can get. You'd be like, okay, I made it for me. I've made it half a mile. I've got a few miles to keep going. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll try and make it a mile. I thought you'd just do that. You'd just like go. But actually that's not the way. So my dad got given a plan by someone much cleverer than him that had experienced it. And this plan was like, it went on for months. It wasn't just a few weeks, it was months of training. Um, it included short runs and long runs and then these resting period times. So some of the training that you do is in the winter. Is it, is it pretty gross? Yeah, Rob, <laughs> he's nodding. It's pretty gross to be having to go out and do one of these runs when it's a really grim outside. Um, and there were times when my dad, I remember him saying, I really don't want to do this today. So he's shoving his running shoes on. But he needed to have discipline to go for it. He needed to have discipline to persist. There were other days, especially towards the end of his training, when he had to stop and rest. And my dad, I remember him having this conversation saying, if I just did a little run, maybe I'd just be able to go a little bit further when it comes to the marathon, or maybe I'd be a little bit fitter. And he had to have the discipline to go, no, I might push myself too hard. I might end up not being able to do it at all. I've got to rest, it's part of the plan. 
So my dad did seven marathons in the end. And interestingly, there were obviously some years when he wasn't as disciplined as others, which was probably due to having four children and um, a very busy life. Um, but the years that he wasn't as disciplined, he didn't quite... I mean, he did it every time, but he didn't quite get the time he wanted. And he found the recovery afterwards pretty hardcore. <laughs> he needed to be disciplined in his approach to that. I think that's just a little bit about how we can think about how we can be disciplined in our life as well. So if we look at this passage, can you notice that the valiant woman, she was totally disciplined in her approach. Doesn't use that word, but you can see it throughout everything she does. She carried on when she probably could have done other things. She could have looked at that vineyard that she bought and thought, oh, that would make a nice summer house. Or she could have got distracted with other things that she was asked to do. But no, she carried on. She persisted in the things that she needed to do. And the other thing is she didn't crash and burn, did she? She was determined and disciplined in following her plans. She worked hard, but she didn't work beyond her means. Now, God shows us what it is to do things one step at a time. I always find the creation story really interesting because I am 100% sure that God could have just gone boom and everything was created, couldn't he? Could have done that. It doesn't tell us he didn't do that. He took it one step at a time. And I think he did that because I think he wanted us to know this is how you work for something. This is how you make something happen. You take things one step at a time. He was exampling to us how to work really well. Not pushing too hard. And then Jesus showed us a side of discipline as well. He showed us what it was to persist, to continue. We've seen times when he could have been distracted, when he could have stopped but he was disciplined to go right to that cross for us. We're just going to stop for a minute. I'm going to give you a chance to think about what being disciplined means for you in your work. There's some questions there to think about that. Now, one of the things we don't have time to think about today is plans. I talked about a plan. You need a plan, don't you? And so maybe there's some people here today that go, I need a plan. I need God to show me a plan. I need to make plans. The Bible's really clear that we need to plan what we're doing. But it's also really clear we need to be humble in our plans. We need to hold them with open hands and allow for God to change them. Allow them to be God's plans. So maybe that's something that you need to be thinking and praying about this morning. Maybe that's your starting point. There's a few other things there. We're just going to stop for 30 seconds for you to think about that. And the third and final thing um, about being wise, I think, in our approach to work is about being in relationship with God in work. It's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> this poem ends with it all about being about the fear of the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, Becky touched on this last week, um, but my kind of way of talking about the fear of the Lord is just to be in awe of God. It's not about being scared of God. It's being in total awe of God. Now, we can only be in awe of God if we know God, if we can see what he's doing, if we are in a relationship with him, if we're in a relationship with him, if we're welcoming him to be working in us and working with us. We can be in awe of him. So being in relationship with him means doing our work in relationship with him. Now, when Jesus talked about us being in relationship with us and doing work together, he used this idea of a yoke, didn't he? 
There's a picture on the screen. For those of you that don't know, um, you'd, this yoke would be like a, a wooden thing that would go across the back of two oxen, and you'd have a really challenging, tough task, a load of hard graft to do, and you'd have an oxen that's a little bit more experienced, you'd have one that wasn't as experienced, and you'd yoke them together so they could do the work together, and the one that's less experienced could learn from the one that's more experienced as they do it. But they're yoked together, they're sharing the load and in, in, back in the day when Jesus said this, it probably would have been like this um, symbol. It was used a lot to talk about submission. But Jesus was radical in using this. He was radical in everything, wasn't he? I love that about him. He was radical in using this because he used it in the context of relationship. Look at how many times in Matthew 11, he talks about coming to me, being with me. It's about being in relationship. Take my yoke. It's being with me in work. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He welcomes us to share that work, to be in relationship, in work with him. Now, being in relationship with him and working in him, you see that in this verse as well, it also, really strangely, you get an opportunity to rest in your work, in relationship with him. Who needs a rest sometimes? <laughs> we don't take the time to do it. And we're shown, actually, in the Bible, we're shown two ways that we can rest. One of them, we're going back to the creation story. What did God do? It's really famous. He rested, didn't he, after he did it all, had a rest. Again, did he need it? Don't know, maybe he did. But I think he did it to show us that that's what we need to do. We need to rest from the work. We need to take ourselves away. When you look at Jesus' whole life, you see him going away from the work. You see him resting, sleeping, spending time not doing the work that he was there to do. Mountain walks, campfires, boat trips, wedding celebrations, leisurely dinners, nights away with close friends. We see him resting and doing all things that aren't work that give him renewed energy. And that's probably linked to discipline, isn't it? That's this thing that we've just thought about, being disciplined to stop away from the work that we're doing. But there's another way to rest that Jesus talks about in this passage and that God shows us as well. In Genesis, God rested in another way. At the end of each time that he made something, he stopped and he said, this is good. He rested in the goodness of what he'd done. I think he did that to show us that there's another way for us to rest. We need to rest in the goodness of God, in the awe of God, in the fear of God. And Jesus showed us as well. Where's Jesus? Oh, he's just with God. He's resting in God. He's, he's just resting in the brilliance of who God is and how God is. So working wisely means that we work in relationship with God and we invite him into our work, but we work with him. We take that yoke, we learn, we share, and we rest in him. Isn't this a brilliant, this brilliant way of saying this? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just a beautiful thing that we would love to be doing in our lives? I'm just going to give you another little bit of time just to think about that in your life. Are you inviting God into relationship with you in your work? Are you submitting your plans to him? Are you following where he's calling you to go? 
Are you taking the time to rest in his goodness? Not just having a rest from what you're doing, but resting in who he is. And as you pause, I'm going to invite the the band to come back as you think about that. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.